Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 316th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're powered by 8bit.net and those sexy audio-based legends over at Audio-Technica. Go upgrade your audio game today at audiotechnica.com. I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, my podcast, Right I Die, the pillow to my after-dinner mint. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ali Hart. Miss Ali Hart, how the bloody hell are you? Spicy morning to you. That's it. That's it. I do love a good choc mint or after dinner mint or any anything minty with chocolate. I am usually a hundred percent in. I'm the biggest snob. Like <gasps> it has, like it has to be good because I usually feel like, especially the ones in the hotels, is usually like a really bitter chocolate and then wrapped in a really spicy mint and i can't do that oh. i prefer when it's like like a, i guess like more of a milk chocolate and then a more mellowed out sugary mint that's when it's mm. at its peak peppermint patty is pretty good peppermint patty is great uh for anyone in australia listening obviously you can't go wrong with an arrow a mint slice or the old uh mint patty as well even though the mint texture where it is sort of that almost it's marshmallow-y a little type of texture <laughs> T- tad bit granular fine. as well. <laughs> yeah. But I'm a sucker for a good Aero Mint. And the fact that they're doing Kit Kat Chunky Aero Mint collabs at the moment, oh, I get snap. one every time I see them at the servo and they are delicious. I never used to eat Aero for whatever reason. And then I only started eating like Aero chocolate probably like the last year before I left. And I was like, I've been missing out. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I never intended on eating an aero chocolate before i guess i used to associate it with older people so i probably just assumed it was like old gold although i do enjoy that now (laughs) (laughs) well we ain't getting any younger confirmed yeah old nana heart but uh yeah the 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 plain aero never really excited me but the mint definitely but i can see why you'd throw it in with the old people stereotype with chocolate same as like a twirl or a flake I find them, because they're just plain boring chocolate, I just throw them in as old people chocolate too. Am I right? Probably not, but that's what I'm thinking. I am absolutely gobsmacked. Flake is like my favorite chocolate and it's what, been really? my favorite chocolate for like years. Yes, actually, yeah, I guess a twirl or a flake because I love flake chocolate. It's like a way to my heart, especially with chocolate, is a flake. And then a twirl is just like a flake wrapped in chocolate, so it's even better. My favorite chocolate, and it's been for years, not my old ass age now, but like before then, I loved it. It was it, um, one of the ice cream joints. It was very simple vanilla swirl ice cream in a cone, and you just a little flake in there. It was the oh, best. Yeah. McDonald's used to do that with the soft serve. Exactly. And then Flake actually came out with a drumstick. It was a Flake drumstick, which oh, was it had like a the drumstick. Flake down the middle? Down the middle, yes. It was the best. Oh, my goodness. I hope I've got some supporters out there. Flake conspiracy here, man. Like, it's not for the elderly. It's for I'm everyone. sure they'll back you. It's just 
Yeah, I'm I'm not like I like chocolate, but I've never been the biggest chocolate fan. Like if you gave me here's a chocolate bar in your left hand and a packet of chips or popcorn or water in the right, I'd always go the right with the savory. But if I want some chocolate, I like, you know, a bit of caramel in there or something else where a flake because it is chocolate only and it is delicious. It's crumbly. Like I'll I'll respect that the quality of the chocolate is of a high standard, but it just doesn't excite me. That same way. I find when you bite a flake too, because it is so flaky, who would have thought? You bite it and little bits of fucking flakes flying everywhere and then it's like all over you. Like it gets real messy. It's real crumbly. And, it's an um, experience. Yeah, it's a messy experience. I'm a messy eater sometimes anyway. So a flake and I, you know, it just doesn't usually end very well. Well, I can tell you one thing. It's easy to not like chocolate once you're over here because I can tell you a thing. Yanks don't know how to make chocolate bars. Yeah. It is bad. Yeah. You need to you need to set up like a little import export agency over there in America and make millions off Aussie Aussie candy. I do. I'll just set up a PO box. Everyone can send me Australian chocolate. I miss it. I miss you it. You could make that happen very easily. There'd be people out there. Oh yes. Koalas. Yes. There's there's something beautiful but also scary and a bit twisted, like munging on a little caramel koala like that. But they're god, they're tasty. Especially when you realize, like, with between friends, you kind of discuss whether you would eat the oh, hang on. the head Sorry, or I had the to, legs I had to, first. Yeah, I was about to stop myself because I was going to say whether you eat the head or you eat the ass, but like, <laughs> we 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 don't yuck no one's yums around here. You no. can go whichever way you choose, listeners. Welcome to episode three sixteen, guys. <laughs> Steve Austin says, "Hell yeah, to eating head or eating ass." <laughs> And that's the what? episode done. See you next time, listeners. But yeah, we're, we're back. Uh, we, we did miss last week's episode. I have been uh, a little erratic as far as my placement around the globe at the moment. And the next few weeks will be equally as erratic, but we'll talk about that in more detail at the back end as far as what to expect or not to expect in the coming weeks. Mm. But we're back here today. We, we got a, a good little slew of news to talk about, but I guess we can start with what we've been up to. Miss Hart, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What you been doing this past week or two, I guess we should say? It's the listener's favorite topic. I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2. What's that up, everyone? no one. Uh, <laughs> Lightfall's coming out soon, so I've kind of jumped back in. I'm in this like kind of middle period, so I, I thought I'd jump back into Destiny Um and like just you know get the feeling of it again kind of like build up some light levels get some more gear clean up my vault um and it's been pretty cool i uh, like kind of did a post uh recently kind of saying how happy i am seeing a lot of people interested in uh, destiny 2 lightfall a lot of people want to you know dip a toe in or at least return so it's a pretty exciting time um the content looks good so i have my fingers crossed for that one the, the more I see of Lightfall, the more excited I am to jump in, play it, finish the mainline story, and then smoke bomb out for another 12 months. But I know I'm going to very think? much look forward to that first experience. I'm going to miss that experience on launch, which sucks. I'm going to be very envious of yourself and everyone else that's going to be jumping in next week on, I think, the 28th is when it comes out officially, if I recall. I could be wrong, but it's the back yeah. end of Feb. And yeah, I'll be abroad, so I don't think I'm going to be able to get in day one, which sucks, but it looks so good. Yeah, so I'm just going to live through you guys for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to try and spin up xCloud and see if it's functional while I'm abroad. I've got a little uh, backbone controller adapter for my iPhone, so I can maybe try and make that work. Will it be good, bad, or otherwise? Who knows? But uh, 
I'll at least give it a go if I got a bit of downtime because yeah, the FOMO will be very real watching you guys all enjoy this latest Destiny 2 expansion and me just sitting there looking through the window, teary-eyed, <laughs> very uh, envious and very sad that I can't be part of the experience. So I'm going to do what I can to try and yeah, ride some coattails with my underleveled Titan yet again because I'm forever playing catch-up on Destiny 2 these days. Well, at least they always do the boost every time new content kind of drops like that. They usually boost everyone's light level up, so you should be okay. That's You're not going to be do a lot of chasing. Like, yeah, too much of a dead weight then jumping into the new content because holy moly, the the latest expansion uh, jumping into there under leveled was tough. Like uh, Benny was carrying me a few times. I just sort of just had to hide and chip away with little pittances of damage on these enemies to feel like I was doing something until I yeah. uh, caught up a little. So yeah, I don't want to feel like that anymore. I don't want to feel underpowered and weak. I want to feel like I can add some value to the team. Oh, that's all right. You'll be you'll be good. You'll yeah. be good. And then you can kind of like watch from the sidelines and like lo- learn the do's and do nots. So I need to learn those because yeah, I was uh was dying infrequently on this last campaign, but uh it is what it is. Yeah. The last story thing. Oof. I did that by myself and it was it was it was intense. But um apart from that, I oh my god. I like did like I did the one night session of Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I got a crown, but I just the game is just t- too not intense. I guess it's just because I've been away from it and it's still that different map that I'm not hundred percent used to yet. I'm just I'm just I'm not loving it. I'm not loving it like I used to. So which is sad. There is some changes. I, I played a little bit of Fortnite this week. I managed to get the the first sort of page of the Witcher questing done. So I've got the oh, Geralt yeah. skin from mm-hmm. from the Witcher video games. I'm gonna know I think it's in about ten days time from while we're recording here on the 18th of February, where they're going to disclose what's on the second page of this little Witcher spin-off. I'm curious, if it, is it going to be Siri? Is it going to be Yen? Is it going to be Triss? Or is oh, it maybe it's... going to be a Hemsworth skin variant of, uh, or a Ooh. Cavill skin variant of Geralt? I'm trying what to think which one I want more. Yeah. I thought the Yen skin would be really cool and really fit my aesthetic, but... Mm-hmm. Well, actually, not Chris Hemsworth. Liam I don't Hemsworth. want that one. Yeah, Emo. well, any yeah. of the Hemsworths. I want, <laughs> I want OG Witcher. Yeah, I'm very curious to see if they, because obviously Cavill's a super fan of video games, but yeah. because he's only going to be connected to the Witcher for this future season, would they be wise to keep him in for this game? Or maybe is yes. Netflix striking up a deal with Epic where this is going to be a soft intro to Liam's Hemsworth? Or no, yeah, or are they just going to go Siri, Triss, or Yen, or all three? I wouldn't be sad about all three of them or a couple of them making their way. Siri makes sense as as a potential skin, but mm. Yen or Triss also would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, even even a Yaskia, bring the bard in. He can Then they can have Toss a Coin to your witches and emote playing. Like, there's some options He hates there. that song. The actor absolutely hates that song. It's a banger, though. Yeah, we so love talented. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I see I'm yet to watch it yet, but you've managed to check out Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special. Yeah, my husband and I decided to load that up for Valentine's Day and by golly was it good content. Um <laughs> it it is uh the relationship between Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Um and then them kind of experiencing a Valentine's Day together and the kind of side story that's happening in the background is actually Bane. 
my 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 sweet sweet bane yeah <laughs> um and yeah i i don't want to spoil it i want people to watch it um it's it's a great little little spin-off from the animated series that's been going on it's the same humor this episode's quite crude <sighs> No, I'm not going to say anything, but they 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 really do something different with Bane. So, I yeah, if you're a fan of Bane, you may want to watch it or maybe not. But yeah, I definitely recommend it. Uh, Harley Quinn's a very problematic Valentine's Day special. Yeah, I think I'm going to download that as part of my plane-based viewing tomorrow. Will, will ah! I regret that in front of potentially young I children and the elderly? I think you should watch oh, it on really? the plane. Okay, that's a fair disclaimer because it's always interesting flying and whether you're watching your own content or watching it on the screen. And when there's a movie or a TV show with a bit of sexy and nudity going on, like, what do you do it's in that re- moment? It's, I turn it off. I thought I was safe one time watching the Grand Hotel Budapest or Grand Budapest Hotel. It looked like it was so artsy and whimsical. I'm like, cool, this is the time to watch it. I've got a lot of downtime. So, like, this, this, like, within the first, I think, 20 minutes, there's, like, old lady ass, I think. Like, or, or there was just an ass on my screen. I'm like, ah, I had to turn it off. I don't want people to think I was a perv. <laughs> uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel 316 says, I just saw old lady ass. I'm mm. going to beat as many Steve Austin-based puns and references into this episode as I can. So, uh, we've got two or three done now. Oh, yeah. And just as long as you drop a couple of watts every so often, <laughs> we'll be good to go. I, I got that one earlier, so we need to keep weaving some of those in. But, uh, yeah, I'll check it out. But, yeah, i got to get all my downloads queued because yeah. my ignorance on my flight last week where I thought, okay, yeah, there'll be Wi-Fi on the plane. There's always Wi-Fi on planes these days. There was not you know when what? I went to Thailand. So I, never I didn't pre-download anything. So I just slept the whole time because I had nothing to watch. So nice that you could just say, I'm going to sleep because a mm. lot of people can't do them. Yeah. Irrespective of the time I get on that plane, whether it be early morning, mid-morning, lunch, afternoon, evening. I can be gone in five, ten minutes. Yeah, but something that I did actually watch this past week, I am fully up to date with The Last of Us. I managed to catch episode four and five. We did get the early drop for episode five due to the Super Bowl or the Super Owl, as some people like to call it, on Monday slash Sunday airing. So they gave us episode five a couple of days early in Australia, which was fantastic. And my God, this show just keeps going from strength to strength. I don't want to mention anything. I don't want to spoil anything because holy shit, there is some big moments that make you feel big things. But yeah, this this show is very special. I know you said you've watched four, but you haven't watched episode five. I, yeah, I'm, I missed five because I didn't realize that they were changing a, a very popular TV series runtime because of a sports event. Um, so yeah, no, I've, I'm, I'm an episode down, unfortunately. Mm, so yeah. I'll have to catch up. You better because episode six be dropping in a couple of days. Oh, God damn. Yeah, just uh, just put a little bit of time aside this weekend. Maybe order some pizza, watch a bit of Last of Us. Sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> Nothing like getting uh, emotionally destroyed over pizza. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's how I live my life most days, actually. Emotionally oh, destroyed yeah. over pizza, and then like internally destroyed over the pizza, depending on where I've ordered it from, because it might uh, mess the old stomach up. But anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to quickly mention as far as what I've been playing the last couple of weeks, I have been playing that wizard game 
we do have a spoiler cast on the way. John and myself will be talking about that wizard game in more detail via a spoiler cast. We'll provided some review keys by the media outlet, so we have been working our way through the game. The game itself is enjoyable. I'm completely disconnecting that from all the broader discourse and the person that is attached to the top of this game. Obviously, J.K. Rowling is not a good person. I do not stand by anything that she says or tries to justify on her horrible social media posts. She can go die in a bin. But the game itself, we're going to be looking at it from that perspective and that perspective only. When that episode comes out, we do or do not know when that exact date will be, but it'll come out. You can listen to it. And if you've got any other questions as far as where I stand on this topic, feel free to reach out to myself. I'm happy to have a talk to anyone that has any any sort of questions relating to why or why not we're covering this game, where I stand on these things. I do stand with trans people out there. I do consider myself an ally, but I'm just going to leave it all at that. You got any questions, reach out to me on social media at Brendan 8-Bit. I'm happy to have a discussion with you because I think more people need to talk about the specifics of the, the rage and the issues as opposed to just discarding people immediately. I think there needs to be a, a safe space to, for people to be able to talk about this game and hopefully we can we can have that. We're going to move on. As far as housekeeping goes, uh, you can support us monetarily if you choose to do so over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8 bits. You can get our merchandise over at shop8bit.net and you can also get all the 8-bit related content at videogamesandculture.com. Uh, we've also got another episode of More Than Hentai that has dropped this past week covering Darling in the Franks, which is a great mecha science fiction romance anime. And I was joined by the anime savant, Courtney, who knows so much on the medium. It was a really, really, really great discussion. So check that out uh, at More Than Hentai, an anime appreciation podcast. Uh, be sure to join our Discord because our new pizza prediction is now live at time of recording. And the next pizza prediction is for March's release of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So get your Metacritic prediction scores in for Star Wars. And if you do land on the correct score or get closest to it without going over, you are going to win pizza on 8-bit. So uh, yeah, get that prediction in on what you think Star Wars Jedi Survivor will be. I think it's going to be a good game because, uh, yeah, EA are firing on all cylinders at the moment. But, Miss Hart, I just wanted to quickly ask you something. To weeb or not to weeb? That is the question. All right, Miss Hart, we haven't brought this one out for a little while, and this will just be a super quick one. And the synopsis of Mm -hmm. the anime is as follows. After our protagonist is reborn in another world as a sentient sword, he encounters a girl fleeing a band of evil slavers. Young Fran takes him up to defend herself, and together they'll liberate those in need and exact justice on the cruel of heart. This anime in question is known as Reincarnated as a Sword. It originally aired at the back end of 2022. Uh, It's done by C2C Studios. I have been really enjoying my time with reincarnated as a sword i've watched the full sub and now merkel my way through the dub but miss hart are you weebin or are you not weebin on reincarnated as a sword i will pass on Aww. the sentient sword thank you oh um it's uh it's a little little wild unless there's like some wonderful little tryst in there that like 
makes it particularly special. Uh, that just by that little synopsis alone, I'll have to pass on that one. There's a lot more anime out there that's doing more interesting things. It also sounds too sweet for me. It's actually a bit dark. And Fran, the the sort of primary protagonist, is a black cat girl. So she is a, a cat girl that was enslaved, mm-hmm. and now she's sort of fighting to rise up and beat all the baddies and take all the dungeons. And obviously, yeah, the sword is sentient. The sword has uh, got a voice. And so Fran and the sword can talk. It's a bit violent. And there's a bit of cursing around. There's a bit of bit of foul language that gets thrown oh, no, around. Oh, no, a swear you, word? Well, you don't often get swear words in a lot of anime, have you noticed? Especially, like, you don't get a lot of the F-bombs and stuff. So so you get a few of them in here. And the tone is great. I love me some reincarnated as a sword. And I recommend it to anybody. I will watch a trailer. Every time you bring these up, I always go to at least watch a trailer to see if maybe a synopsis doesn't do it justice. But by golly, a person that gets reincarnated into a sword and then is like working alongside a cat girl. Mm-hmm. You, it, when it I say tropey. it back, yeah, <laughs> so say it sounds. It, it sounds like someone trying to sell me anime, like. Yeah, that, that's all I like to do here. But uh, yeah, Reincarnated a Sword, available on High Dive, 12 episodes, really, really good. I really, really enjoy it. But uh, let's shift gears into this. This week's news headlines. Presented by Audio-Technica. All right, first little quick hitter. Another day, another update on the Saudi Public Investment Fund's ownership of Nintendo which has now increased its stake to 8.26% in the Mario Maker. The Associated Press news agency earlier this week reported that this meant the PIF was now Nintendo's largest outside investor. Nintendo has not responded to comment on the matter when contacted by Eurogamer. Outside of Nintendo, the PIF has continued to swell its stake in several other video game companies. The controversial wealth fund has acquired millions more shares in both EA and Take-Two over the course of 2022. So as far as the Saudi Public Investment Fund, uh, from January, they went from 6% up to 7%. And now we're moving into February slash looking towards March. It's gone up to 8.26%. So this is this is scary. This is uncomfortable. Anyone that knows the Saudi government and their opinions and reasonings or lack thereof on a lot of things is really, really, really despicable. But you know what? They're getting their dirty fingers in more and more gaming-related pies. And yeah, Nintendo is being one of the big three. Now the largest ownership stake outside of, I guess, uh, the direct Nintendo board done by Saudi is a little worrisome, Miss Hart. Yeah, like I unfortunately I don't know enough about um making these investments or you know acquiring shares in certain um I guess yeah in certain businesses and such, but I am quite shocked to see that Nintendo has budged on actually allowing someone to have a further increased investment. Like I like I said, I have no idea what these kind of investments and what kind of influence that they have in the end of the day. Um or why uh someone like the Saudi Public Investment Fund would just put money in these gaming studios and and groups and such. So it's just it, it's interesting. There's probably a lot more out there that I don't even know about right now, but 
I mean, we uh, had previously talked in previous episodes about Tencent and mm -hmm. how Tencent's slowly growing their acquirement of certain studios and such. And it's just like, what does this like? What does this mean? Like, is this like, is this normal, or are we really seeing that studios and companies in the gaming space are on such a hmm, like fine line of like? return in developing and then selling games and such that they do require these out outsourced like investments to prop them up and continue what they're doing it's yeah i don't know it's just it's a weird 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 thing to look, kind of look on yeah it's it's becoming more and more of a, a commonplace really isn't it like the influx of investment from from tencent and the pif not only in gaming, but sort of broader media in general, where you're seeing Tencent becoming on as, you know, co-producers or distributors for film and things. You're seeing it in TV, you're seeing it in technology and mobile apps and everything else. Like it's becoming such a key part of the day-to-day -day, and yet the, the issues attached to Tencent or the PIF, like they, they run deep. Like if, if you just Google some of the some of the stances and opinions obviously you know we're, we're not a political based podcast by any means but the short version is the pif and tencent they're they're not ran by good people or they have concepts and opinions and ideals that should not be present in today's society in the short version like it is some bad shit and you've got to be very careful with that kind of stuff but it's something that doesn't seem to get talked about enough in the gaming yeah. space there are I remember, um, unfortunately, I don't remember the full details of it, but there was a very important uh, eSport event that I think was got um, uh, relocated to one of the countries where it's they had very strong views against, um, you know... Yeah, tied into Beijing. Groups, yes, certain groups and stuff like that. So the, there was even, like, players who didn't want to go, and then there was players that were like, I can't go, like, the, the, the way that they treat people. So I, I, like, that's what I mean when I say, like, these like these kind of people, these influencers, like, how much of an impact do they have attached to the studios and such and the companies? So, like... Yeah, so I can't say much of an investment opinion, invested opinion, but like, it's definitely something that I think I like. A lot of us probably should pay attention to more. I completely agree. Like, there's there's human rights issues here at play with the you know the Chinese Communist Party attached to Tencent, and then Saudi, and you know there there's like documented fact about the the PIF or the people involved with Saudi that have like killed people and made people disappear. And then there's the whole uh, woman's rights thing or lack thereof in Saudi Arabia. So there's a whole heap of stuff that you could unpack there. But the short version is it's scary that they're sort of getting more and more involved and more and more invested, especially in a company such as Nintendo. You know, it's one of the, the bells of the ball, you could say, from a gaming perspective a pinnacle of like family friendly entertainment by the way yeah and and you look behind the curtain and then you've got the pif with the largest private stake in nintendo available like obviously money talks and you need money to to invest and grow and things and that's what this is primarily based around but that's that's you know that's blood money and yet yeah nintendo is is the family friendly platform yet no one talks about these things like it's i don't know it's the whole glass houses shouldn't throw stones type of thing. Like some other studios and other things get 
hammered and yet nintendo gets an exemption repeatedly like i don't know like i love me some nintendo but like you gotta accept the good and the bad and there's a lot of bad from this yeah yeah that's what i mean i think like a lot of us need to start really paying attention to what's happening a little bit behind the curtain i guess i completely agree uh something else that uh has popped up in the last couple of days apple tv plus has released the first trailer for Tetris ahead of the film's premiere at South by Southwest on March the 15th. Starring Taron Egerton as Dutch entrepreneur Henk Rogers, the biographical drama follows the true story of how Rogers secured the distribution rights to the classic 1980s game during his travels in the Soviet Union. The film involves the KGB, legal battles, the Cold War, and Nintendo's Game Boy. So... I watched this trailer just this morning. You would have watched, I'm guessing, overnight as well. Like, we're both pretty recent to the trailer for Tetris. And this looks really, really good. It it does. Like, um, when I saw that the the trailer for the Tetris movie had been released, and not to mention it had um, Edgerton in it, like, I think he does great. I think he's a really – I think he's a little bit of an underrated actor considering, like, Mm -hmm. what he's done. Yeah. and then I'm like, oh, Tetris. Like, I grew up with Tetris. Like, I, I played Tetris when I was younger. And then it was definitely always, like, variations of, like, the Tetris kind of game style that I would always play. Um, and then even now, I still, like, load up Tetris 9-9 on my uh, Switch and um, and still play that. So when I saw that there was a Tetris movie, I'm like, oh, this will be good. It'll be good to kind of get some background on this lovely game that I grew up with. And then next thing you know, like... <laughs> It's got a really intense history, so I was kind of like expecting a very wholesome little little movie, and I'm actually going to get some pretty intense like political action pieces for this 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 classic game. Yeah, it, it threw me like we were talking about this before we were recording, and and we sort of both were like, "Oh, this just sounds like a cash grab off the back of the success of The Last of Us and all these other game mm. IPs that are getting spun up." But the fact that there is this true story about how Tetris came to be and it involves yeah, the KGB and government conspiracies and the Cold War and all these other real things with high stakes and drama and risk and everything else involved, I'm like, this looks like it's going to be a good little, good little watch. So uh, we don't have to wait too long uh, because the movie itself comes out on Apple TV Plus in uh, the mid to back end of March. So we'll be able to check that out for anyone that's got Apple TV. But it looks good. And like you said, Taron Edgerton, he's a very talented actor. Like his work mm. in The Kingsman and in Rocketman is sort yeah. of the ones I usually attach him to with the most. But hearing him in, in, in uh, Tetris where, yeah, he's a Dutch entrepreneur, but he's got like an American accent. Sort of threw me a little because I'm used to hearing that English accent that he's always been throwing around because he's obviously an Englishman. But it looks good and I'm keen as a bean to check it out uh, next month. Yeah, looking forward to this one. I think it should be good. Yeah, we also got another trailer this past week and this uh, some additional marketing coming via way of the Super Mario Bros. movie and it was a bit of a special one because it's not only an ad for Super Mario Bros. plumbing but it's also a homage to the classic intro song from the Super Mario Bros. Super Show live action series from back in the early 90s. At the end of the ad, it even encourages people to call or text 929-55-MARIO or visit smbplumbing.com to learn more. And if you call the plumber, uh, if you call the number, you are greeted with a message recorded by Charlie Day's Luigi for Super Mario Bros. Plumbing. 
And also a little side note, they've also confirmed this past week, the movie is going to run for 92 minutes and 17 seconds. Thank you. This, yeah, perfect amount of time. It's not going to overstay its welcome. But the more we see of this film, the more I'm excited for, because I like that it's aware of what it is. It's aware, it's aware of where it came from. And these little homages and Easter eggs and references are just getting the nostalgia running hot through us all. And uh, I think this is going to be really good. Yeah, like, I know I was such a, like, I was a bit of a downer based on who they casted as Mario. And even, like, hearing him a bit, I was still a bit iffy. But it's really great to see that this, so far this movie is looking like it's being able to stand on its own legs just based on just the brief content that we get in little snippets from the trailer and such like that and side characters and just the whole spectacle of how it looks. When I heard the classic intro from the live action cartoon split kind of series growing up, oh, I love it. I just, when I heard it, I'm like, there's a whole generation that have no idea what we got to experience when we were younger. But yeah, it was it was good to see this one. I also love how like cheaply made it looks. Like, like it looks like very like... um like a local community TV kind of style advertising with like the woman like clearly reading from a tele like a teleprompter. So um, yeah, I, I I love everything about this, and I'm pretty excited to see it. Well, hopefully when it comes out. Me too. Like it's it's got a good vibe going. It's it's got a lot of good energy. I love that it's gone from when they first announced this at one of the Nintendo directs, and they just had the static images up where it's like Mario will be voiced by Chris Pratt. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And everyone was like, what in God's name is happening here? Nintendo, you've gone mad. And yet, like you said, the more we, the more we see, the more we hear of the, of these, uh, vocal performances, the more at peace, I think the world's become. Everyone's like, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling all right about this. I'm trusting you a little bit more snippet by snippet here, Nintendo. And I think this movie is going to be really good. Yeah, I mean, hey, more credit to it. Like, I, I don't know if they cast Chris Pratt because they just they thought he was going to get more butts in the seats. But, um, I mean, they're doing just as good. And I don't think anyone's thinking Chris Pratt is the pool. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like the joke, to be honest. Exactly. And also, if you've got a hot minute once you're done listening to THG 316, go Google Pedro Pascal with the latest SNL skit where they, he does the Super Mario Bros. Oh, goodness. It's one of the best things I've seen in God knows how long. It's, it runs for about, I think, two minutes, but it is phenomenal. It's pretty clever. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, check that out and then come back and give us a hell yeah because it's great. What? All right, we're going to move into the next little bit of news, and it's still Nintendo early. We've got a lot of Nintendo beats here today on uh, episode 316. Yeah. Uh, so Nintendo has shared what changes are coming in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's long-awaited February update but they still haven't revealed an exact release date. So obviously it's the 18th day time of recording, so it's going to be out somewhere in the next 10 days, but we don't know exactly when. And the patch, which includes several bug fixes alongside a handful of quality of life improvements, has been long anticipated by fans after Pokemon Scarlet and Violet launched in a state Nintendo itself was forced to apologize for. Most of the new quality of life changes... As outlined on Nintendo's website, revolve around Pokemon boxes, with Nintendo aiming to make it a little easier to manage the status of Pokemon all in one place. From the Pokemon summary screen, players will now be able to change the nickname, markings, held item, and mark or ribbon related titles, reorder moves, have the Pokemon remember or forget moves, and use TMs. 
The patch also makes it easier to swap out held items and move Pokemon around in large quantities, and it will now be easier to tell which Pokemon are in battle teams. As for bug fixes, which are perhaps more of a bigger concern in the nearly 20 million people who brought Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Nintendo is addressing several issues across different categories, including terror raids and battles. So this is good to see. It's good to know that Nintendo are acting to fix a game that when on release and I guess up until now is still pretty buggy. Like you and I jumped in on day one, gave it a spin. It's been fine. I haven't touched it in God a month plus, maybe plus, plus, plus. I don't know. Uh, I might go back eventually one day. I'm still yet to finish it. It's the first Pokemon game that I've picked up and haven't sort of gone from start to finish all in that one sort of focus-based session, like not as in in a day, but like playing it day in, day out to try and get it done. I've sort of just parked it because it was so busted and janky that it just made me not care. So I moved on to bigger and better things, but maybe these quality of life improvements will make me want to go back in the near future and and try and uh, get my Scarlet experience uh, completed. I mean, my, I think my hurdle was the navigational issues. Like, I, I kind of felt, is it overwhelmed? Like, I kind of didn't know where I was meant to be going. It, it gave the illusion of having an open space and almost like I get to choose my adventure, although I kind of felt like I was hitting a lot of hurdles on what I could do and what I was allowed to do. So I think I probably got a little bit frustrated with that and then I just put it down and never picked up. So I don't know if any of these fixes are going to help me, but I, I also am curious to see if any of these fixes um, that the, well, the, the, the few that they um, have reported on is what the fan base, like the, the dedicated fan base have been looking for. Cause I feel like I've heard more issues on bugs um, in this game um, than what's listed here. So hopefully that they're, they're covering much more than what's been listed. I hope so too, because yeah, the the game was uh, yeah quite buggy and not in the good way for anyone that enjoys their Caterpies and, and Kakunas and things like that. So yeah, it's it's nice to see Nintendo addressing this and they you know publicly apologized about the state of the game at release. But yeah, will this fix everything in this patch? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, we'll find out because one thing we do know about gamers is they're very vocal. So if the game is still busted after this patch, we'll certainly hear about it on the internet very quickly. Uh, Something else we heard about this past week, we've got a group of games industry veterans consisting most prominently of former Respawn Entertainment developers with credits on the likes of Titanfall and Apex Legends have teamed up to form a new remote first studio called Wildlight Entertainment. Wildlight has been founded by Dusty Welsh and Jason McCord, who will act as CEO and design director respectively, with Chad Grenier serving as studio head and game director. Grenier was previously game director on Respawn's hugely popular Battle Royale shooter Apex Legends before leaving the studio after more than a decade at the end of last year. Grenier is joined by another high-profile former Respawn team member, Muhammad Alavi, whose design credits include Infinity War's original Modern Warfare series and Titanfall. Prior to his departure from Respawn in 2021, Alavi was working on an unnamed single-player adventure, a reportedly now canned project set in the Titanfall Apex Legends universe, which we've talked about a couple of weeks ago now as far as that game getting scrapped, which sucks. But anyway, moving on, Wildlight currently lists 28 team members on its website, and it's an impressive bit of reading with credits spanning likes of Call of Duty, God of War, Halo, and Uncharted. All but three have previously worked on either Apex Legends or Titanfall at Respawn. 
Wildlight describes itself as a fully funded entertainment studio, hyper-focused on creating big, bold, original gaming universes of epic quality and scale. It says it's been quietly working on a new IP for some time, but notes that it'll be a bit before we can say more. So uh, Wildlight Entertainment, with uh, the who's who of uh, FPS royalty almost joining the fold there, uh, 28 team members, so they've got a, a good-sized agile team, and yeah, they're hard at work on something that will be pretty exciting if it does fall into this big, bold, original gaming universes of epic quality and scale byline there. But yeah, Wildlight, let's let's see what uh, these guys have cooking in the years to come. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool to see the names attached and also seeing uh, what pro- uh, what uh, games that they were attached to. Um, you know, especially between us two, uh, a love of Titanfall and Apex Legends. I mean, could we be in store for something very, very similar or who knows? Maybe they'll kind of just absolutely twist it and just do something really different. I mean, Titanfall and Apex Legends has had great combat systems as well as uh, gun handling and just some general overall aesthetic and vibe that I've always enjoyed. So um, I wonder if we'll get much of this, much of the same, or will we get similar with like different qualities? Um, I, I just look forward to see kind of what they've been developing and um, what kind of angle that they'll be going for. Whether it will be more campaign based, or will they go keep going down the battle um, battle royale route? So yeah, it's it's very curious. Like, are they going to stick to I guess what most of the team knows and stick with that traditional FPS? at the the sort of core of what the gameplay experience will be or will they get completely off the reservation and do something brand new and and do like, I don't know, a a third-person action adventure with a big sprawling narrative. But... Yeah, they've certainly got uh, got the chops there to make something good. So it's it's very exciting to see what uh, Wildlight Entertainment will have on the way for us. It sounds like it's more so in the distant future as far as the near yeah. future. It's probably going to be a few years away yet until we, we see much of what they've been working on. But it's nice to see a new studio come up and uh, hopefully they're, they're hard at work on uh, your next favorite game. Look forward to seeing what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And the, the last bit of the news for episode 316 of THG, what? I'm just going to quickly recap <laughs> the IGN AU 2022 Select Awards. So what these awards are, are completely fan-driven. This is the Australian-based voting round, and there's a host of awards that uh, you know viewers and readers and listeners and whatever else you want to classify fans of IGN are. Uh, and they voted on them, and the winners are as follows. So, best presentation was taken out by God of War Ragnarok. Best animated production by Attack on Titan. Best game design, Elden Ring. Best new series, House of the Dragon. Best live service game, Call of Duty Warzone. Best video game adaptation, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Best storytelling, God of War Ragnarok. TV series of the year is Andor. Film of the year. The Batman and Game of the Year, God of War Ragnarok. So, Miss Hart, the first thing I've noticed here is a lot of these winners, like we didn't have these exact award categories in the biddies, but there is a very similar heartbeat between our winners and theirs, give or take one or two. Yeah, there's some similarities there. I I think that their uh, select awards are, it's fan, um, a lot of fan focus, right? Mm -hmm. It's fan submitted, so... You know, like you know, it's it's always interesting to see um, the difference of opinion, I guess, um, 
especially when it's like rounded off to like select groups and countries and whatever. So I guess this is the voice of Australia. Um, but yeah, some in- some interesting choices, but a lot of it makes sense. We see a lot of the similarities, like obviously Ragnarok getting a strong mention here, <laughs> especially getting Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not going to dispute that. It was my personal Game of the Year. The, mm-hmm. the, the eyebrow raiser for the Game of the Year, so the runners-up in the, the AU 2022 oh, yeah. Select Awards, Elden Ring and then Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Question Way mark? to represent Australia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then I also found it funny that Andor won TV series of the year and the runners-up for that was The Boys and House of the Dragon, but then Best New Series was won by House of the Dragon with the runner-up being Andor. You think it would be one and the same, right? But I don't know. Who am I to uh, dispute the uh, fan-driven award here at the Select Awards? I guess maybe New Series means it was the first time it was ever released and then TV series of the year is open to series that have already been established but had a new season maybe mm, but and that was its first season too yeah well, i guess i guess technically it's still a potential it's still potential in that but it also can vouch for being a new series yeah it's true that's true happy to see uh cyberpunk edge runners get some love over sonic the hedgehog 2 and uncharted yeah, i love true. that uncharted the movie got runner up for best video game adaptation boy howdy <laughs> As I was going to say, I guess it's only like a very small group that they can choose from. Yeah. An Attack on Titan beating out Rick and Morty and then uh, Love, Death and Robots for the best animated production is also one that I'm like, okay, that's cool. I I like Love, Death and Robots. There is some inconsistencies with the little tiny sort of standalone episodes, but then there is also some magic in that series. So if you haven't checked that out on Netflix yet, please do, because I think there's three seasons now. Oh, there's already three? Yeah. I've never seen any of them, but like everyone like... Yeah, gushes about them, so maybe I should. I think there's some some bangers in there that you'll love. And most of them are sub-10-minute episodes, so you can oh, okay. get really invested. They're all little standalone, unique concepts, and some of them are really, really special that I hope get spun up into TV series or films down the line. Mm, all right. That is the end of the news. Uh, we talked about a lot of things that is to come in the sort of longer term, especially with, uh, you know, Wildlight Entertainment. But if you don't want to wait several years to get your hands on that potential new game, don't worry, because we've got you all covered. New releases and events. All right. As far as podcast dropping this past week, apart from episode 316 of THG. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've got... Bytecast dropping an episode where myself, Nato, Jack Cruz, and John O'Peck tackle the world's hottest chip Oof. to mixed results. So check that out over on the Bytecast feed. As far as things coming to the small screen or the screeners of note, the second season of Bel Air is making its way to oh, wow. binge. I still can't believe they made a second season, let alone a first season of this spinoff or reboot, but each their own. And something that everyone will certainly be getting excited for. On Netflix, we get season five of Drive to Survive popping up. So anyone that wants that Formula One related drama can check that out because the world gets very horny for the uh, the Formula One drama surrounding drivers and um, teams and strategy and all that. It's it's a good watch. Uh, you're looking at me right now in, in I've never shock. heard of it. Like, never heard of Drive to Survive? N- no. Maybe it's only very popular in Australia, but I've never seen it mentioned 
here. I don't get ads for it. I don't see anything. It's pretty big. And and it sort of focuses on the season that was. So you'll see all the drama from last year's season. And usually it focuses on certain drivers or certain teams. It's, it's really, really well put together. It's very high production value, as you'd expect for anything attached to Formula One. Mm. Something that's got some mixed production value, the more I see trailers on, is a film that's coming to the big screen this week. And that's Cocaine Bear which is based on a true story about a grizzly bear that actually develops an addiction to some cocaine after it sort of bungles this drug uh, trafficking operation in America. But the CG bear looks rough. I don't know if you've seen any trailers for this, Miss Hart. I've seen just like snippets, but like, I mean, it's it's definitely not my kind of, I, I never go for these like big animal thriller horror action movies. They're not usually my cup of tea, but it's, it's getting that like joke popularity where everyone's like ha 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 stupid i'm like stupid idea for a movie kind of thing Mm -hmm. let's all watch it like kind of thing yeah yeah so we'll see elizabeth banks has actually directed this thing yeah that's that can do no wrong i like elizabeth banks i mean she can but like (laughs) she can do some wrong (laughs) everyone can do wrong yeah um but yeah, like that was the one thing where I did have to do a double take. I'm like, wait, what do you mean she's di- she's directing it? Like, why why did she pick up this one? But who knows? Who knows? It might be a hit. It might it be a little be. cult classic. So yeah, time I think tell. at the very least it's going to be good, dumb fun. And the fact that it's based off a true story is just absurd to me. So should be interesting to see how it um competes against um the Ant Man movie because that hasn't been rated well. So mm-hmm. see if it mm-hmm. does better than that. Yeah, I'm gonna try and go watch that tonight and see if the reviews that are getting thrown around the place are correct. Mm. All right, as far as games coming out this upcoming week, there be a lot, Miss Hart. I'm only going to sort of focus on a select few uh, because there is 30-plus games making its way to the PlayStation VR 2 alone. And some of those include Horizon Call of the Mountain, Gran Turismo 7, Resident Evil Village making its way to the PSVR 2, Star Wars, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, and Tetris Effect Connected. Hell yeah. You mentioned Tetris earlier and you're all about that life. Outside of a huge, 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 huge chunk of PlayStation VR 2 titles, there's also Atomic Heart coming out this week. Like a Dragon Ishin is coming out this week as well as uh, Blood Bowl 3. Company of Heroes 3 and Sons of the Forest, which is currently the most wishlisted game on Steam. So there's a ton of games, a ton that I haven't also mentioned. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2 is another one that's probably worth oh, a look yeah. for any, any JRPG fans there. But there are so many games and it's going to be annoying now I'm thinking about it as we record in real time. My PSVR 2 is going to be arriving here when I'm not even in country. So it's going to be sitting and waiting for me for two weeks before I can pick it up and play some of these games. At the post office. Yeah. Yeah. Watch watch them send it back to EB because I won't get there in time. To pick <laughs> this it up guy doesn't want it. God, such a pain in the ass. I hate Australia Post. Hate Australia Post. But anyway, that is all the games and all the things coming to the screens this coming week. But Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG 316 in an official capacity. Anything else you wanted to shout out before we look to close this sucker down? Yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to the Double Fine uh, kind of documentary that they've released. It's called uh, Psych Odyssey. It's a 
part series and it's about the development of Psychonauts 2. It's free on YouTube and like these these uh, episodes can go for up to an hour and it's just a lot of the development. It's a lot of like behind the scenes of everything that goes into developing a game. Um, I've only seen a small bit of it, but it, even that was like really interesting. So um, yeah, it's like I said, free on YouTube. So give it a watch. Uh, it should be catalog too so you could be able to watch them all in order or just save the uh playlist and you can like watch it later you might be able to save it too i might because yeah i've got uh i've got a long long series of flights ahead of me from yeah. tomorrow so maybe i'll have to download a bit of psych odyssey because yeah 20 hours worth of doco on the development of psychonauts 2 which is a great game and love me some double fine so yeah i'm gonna have to give it a look because the the chatter on the socials about it has been really positive so far yeah, I think it's just great for a lot of people that maybe have uh, any kind of curiosities on just like maybe certain segments of the development process of video games. So there might be something there that would uh, pique your interests. Mm, totally. And something else that might pique your interests is our social media platforms. We're starting to churn out a lot of video-based content on there now. So whether that be on TikTok, YouTube, or Instagram, you can find us all at We Are 8 Bit. Be sure to check out those little reels that we're converting from these podcasts and uh, yeah, give us some feedback. What are you liking? What are you not liking? Anything you want to see? Any any sort of feedback, good, bad, or otherwise is always appreciated in that regard because, uh, yeah, we've talked about getting some more video out there for a long time and we're finally doing it. So be sure to follow along on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at We Are 8 Bit collectively there. You can obviously find myself at Brendan Aitby. You can find Ali at Miss Ali Hart. But yeah, the the sort of next couple of weeks, it's going to be a little potentially inconsistent regarding scheduling with our regular THG content where we're trying to lock in a release date for episode 317. It might hypothetically come out that usual time, you know, the, the Monday morning drop. So a week from now, if you're listening to THG 316, we may or may not have 317 out at the same time. Same bat channel, all that type of thing. But we've got a lot of moving pieces involved. Like I'm away the next couple of weeks with work. Uh, Jono, who's going to be jumping in and uh, co-piloting this thing with Ali, is also expecting baby number two at any minute now. So he Mm. may or may not be available. So yeah, you may or may not get episode 317 next week. It could be the week after or it could be a few weeks after. So we just wanted to let you know that worst case scenario... Uh, there might be a fortnight worth of absence of THG content on the feed. So just wanted to give you all a heads up, but uh, we'll be back soon, uh, sooner rather than later, depending on uh, everyone's schedules and things like that. So uh, yeah, just, just be patient. Keep an eye out on the social media and like if any changes or any issues, we usually try our best to post it there on the respective platforms. So, or in the discord too. So if you're curious or if you're, if, even if you just want to ask, let us, you know, contact us via social media and we'll uh, let you guys know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll be back in your ear holes soon. That date exactly to be confirmed. But yeah, that brings us to the end of THG 316. THG 316 means that Brennan Alley just whooped your ass audibly, of course, and consensually, of course, as always. But uh, yeah, that is us for now as I try and find where the outro theme button is hiding here on Riverside FM, but I found it. What? So, <laughs> what? Oh, All right, yeah. listeners, until next time, much love. Stay hungry. 
You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. would none of us said and that's the bottom line throughout the whole podcast i love that i live in this damn country and i still can't do an american accent <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> wheezing <laughs> coffin <laughs>